Do you like games? Cool. Do you like fantasy football? Well, you're here. Do you like games about fantasy football? Sweet. I have the perfect podcast for you. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by yours truly, Russ Fisher, Matt Price, John Bosch, and Rocky Petrella. We play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really, we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler. Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Yes, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan, that's Ryan, and we also have Matt. Fellas, we are about, uh, geez, what is it, like nine days away from the kickoff of the NFL uh, schedule. Drafts are happening everywhere. I, I, I know I have um, one of my local redraft league drafts that... that it's actually an auction coming up tomorrow night. I'm, I'm getting excited about that. You know, dabbling in redraft is a lot of fun just because I like to get together with the guys, have a couple beers, and draft the team. Uh, how about you guys? Are, are all your teams set? I know I know. mostly both of you play almost, almost exclusively Dynasty. Probably most of that works in the books, huh? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple of drafts left, uh, a couple redraft leagues left, but... Yeah, for the most part, done. Just just ready for the action. Ready for real games that count and score us fantasy points and get us wins. We are in the dead dead part between the third preseason game, Matt, and uh, real football. There's been some drops. I don't think anything too too crazy. Uh, are you taking advantage of this time to spend time with loved ones rather than watch football all the time? <laughs> uh yeah i'm not i'm not spending time with loved ones but i'm also still getting my my squads ready for the season i made a trade today i sent a second for christian kirk okay um, i was pretty excited that that went through um so yeah i'm still making moves in dynasty but definitely uh preparing the the families the uh, the loved ones uh, for what's <laughs> about to come in a couple yeah of we uh we're gonna dig in hard and we will uh we will bring it to you every single week here on the podcast i know the three of us watch a lot of football, so we'll react to everything that happens on and off the field. We got a bunch of news to get to today, including some of those releases um, that happened. There's also a trade that we need to touch on, a signing. Uh, we have that sleeper stash of the week once again to cover. Um, we're going to play a game that's going to be a lot of fun. Probably introduce a game that might pop crop its head multiple times throughout the season. And then we got one last rookie mock draft to get to. Uh, but first, let's hit the startup. The startup. Yeah, the startup this week. Um, we are recording on Tuesday night, and we thought for sure the biggest news of the week was going to be what happened in D.C. over the weekend. That Brian Robinson was the victim of that shooting there in Washington, D.C. It was a scary situation. Luckily, not life threatening. Took those two gunshot wounds, and you know we all wanted to digest the information as it came out. Um, seems like lots of positive news lately, Ryan. And um, just as as a dynasty manager, we kind of get to know these guys, and we're, we were all—I think I can speak for all three of us—we were pretty excited about Brian Robinson and his upside. Couldn't wait to see him on the field in a real game. And then you see this and realize that these guys are are just people, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, horrible things like this can come up and and just slow down the progress of a rising star, really. Yeah, it was obviously a a sad and and scary situation, especially when that report first came out. I mean, I know it felt like almost daily uh, leading up to that. uh, That day on uh, on Sunday, we were getting blurbs and and getting uh, messages about Brian Robinson and you know he he started the third preseason game he was in line to be the starter for Washington in week one and then that uh, of course the the 
next one comes in that was such bad news and scary news. I mean, obviously, at this point, we're a few days removed, and uh, Robinson has, has been dismissed from the hospital and had successful surgery. The team even uh, did not even place him on, on any kind of pup list or any kind of injured list, which you know gives us the, the idea that he might be back even uh, within the next four <coughs> weeks or within the first four weeks of the season which is obviously great news, uh, mostly for him, but it's, it's not bad news for us either. Yeah. It, it's nice to, um, get past the human part of it because it does seem like he's progressing. Um, the, the, the positive tweets from the team and from himself, those were good things as dynasty managers though, Matt, we all, we all have to react to it. And like Ryan said, Things are pointing back in the right direction. Right away, they didn't they didn't rule out him getting back on the field this year. Seems like this creates a little bit of a window for Antonio Gibson to to get get back that that lead role for Washington at least maybe for those first couple of weeks. Um, what are you looking for out of this Commanders backfield, especially early on? It's it's just so tough. I mean, you don't. It, it's you know, it's obviously the opposite of the you know the Watson situation. It's the guy that that we are really excited about that got hurt, and uh, you know, probably from no, hopefully from no fault of his own. I haven't read all of the reports myself, but um, just an unfortunate situation. And in terms of Antonio Gibson, I just. I, I feel like we're going to push him up and then we're going to be disappointed. I've, I've, I've kind of always thought he was going to lead the backfield and touches, maybe uh, kind of those uh, those like low-calorie touches, I think we're calling them, between the 20s where they're not getting a lot of receptions because McKissick's getting that, and then Robinson's going to get the short yardage and goal line work. We saw uh, Gibson get you know relegated to punt return duties, that kind of stuff. I don't necessarily think that's going to uh, – says that much about what his workload is going to be. I just want him to get those high-value touches. And like you said, you know, early in the season, he's really going to have to capitalize on that and show something to the coaching staff to not immediately go back to what we thought it was, which is, is Robinson getting those 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 goal line and high-value touches and maybe, and maybe even being the, the starter outright. Um, so uh, I, don't, I don't really have any advice <laughs> – on this situation like I think I think if you have Antonio Gibson and you are scared of what he could be with Brian a healthy Brian Robinson now is an opportunity to go ahead and sell him uh for that early season production that could come but I don't I still don't know if you're going to get a decent return even for even even with this current situation like are you taking any second round oh. pick for raw for for Antonio Gibson right now no no certainly Brian? not I, I would hold him and yeah, I'm not either uh, yeah I mean I disagree with some of what you said. You said maybe you think that we'll push him up. I, I don't really think so. It feels like there's been so much negativity and, and uh, you know, just, just frustration with Antonio Gibson and his dynasty value. Even this this incident that puts him in line to be uh, the starter, you know, for the next month, maybe longer, who knows. He's he's going to have to show it on the field, and he's going to have to earn the trust, obviously, of the – the Washington coaching staff for that value to start bouncing back. That said, if he's on my team and he's, he's on quite a few of them because uh, he's, he's been a player that I liked uh, quite a bit uh, so far in his career. Uh, I'm not, I'm certainly not selling for a second. Um, I, I would, I would definitely yeah. want more than that, or I would just uh, hold out for, you know, for that bounce back that I, I do still think can come. Yeah. It's uh, I just don't see him getting, go ahead, man. I just to say I don't see it. I just don't see him getting back to that first round value unless he just really takes takes the job. So you either have to you have to make a decision. I'm going to hold him, or I'm going to take less than he's probably worth production wise. Yeah, we'll we'll see how everything shakes out. The news is, like I said, um, seems to be positive mostly coming out of Washington. Hopefully, Robinson can get on the field sooner rather than later. Let's get to some of the other news that happened over the last handful of days, guys. First. Um, Marlon Mack was released by the Houston Texans on Tuesday. Matt, the, the Damian Pierce hype train has been rolling uh, full steam ahead here over the last month, month and a half really, uh, since training camp started. And it seems like uh, it got to full throttle here with this news. Uh, today, every time I look at Twitter, there's somebody on there screaming that Damian Pierce is even more of a value now either in a rookie draft or startup, or if you already have them on your roster in trade value, 
seems to me that things might be getting out of control at this point. Yeah, I saw multiple trades come across my timeline of people getting first round 2023 first round picks for him. Like if that comes across your timeline, you are absolutely smashing that. He's up to uh, the fifth overall player over the last week uh, in our in our MFL rookie uh, ADP data uh, as as the running back three. That part I don't necessarily mind, but fifth overall above receivers like Pickens mm-hmm. and Wilson and Burks and, and Williams and. You know, all of these guys that we have loved this entire offseason and pushing him up above them seems like uh, a bad move to me. Um, and I think we maybe these these guys that are pushing Pierce up even higher are just kind of double counting. <laughs> we already knew that Pierce was going to be the starter based on what happened in week one. And then, you know, you know he didn't really play and he didn't play at all in week two. Right. And then he came back in week three and, and played well again. So I just think that we already knew he was going to be the starter, whether or not Marlon Mack was there. And to use this as a reason, Max release as a reason to push him up even higher than we already have uh, seems 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 like a fallacy to me. I had a super flex uh, rookie draft over the weekend, and I, we saw um, Damian Pierce go with the eighth pick. Uh, that, that was kind of a unique situation in that draft, uh, some, some real unique picks that maybe we don't see regularly. But um, the eighth spot seems, seems like the landing spot that most dynasty managers, Ryan, right now would put him if, if you're doing – a rookie draft. We're going to do a mock draft at the end of the show today. How do you feel about that that price right now, considering those those wide receivers that are usually on the board, like Matt was talking about? Yeah, I mean this is this is an example of a situation that we deal with basically every year in rookie drafts. It hasn't come up as much this year because we haven't looked at uh, very many of these rookies as short term options up until now with Pierce. Um, but you're talking about uh, maybe one year of production from Pierce, one one good year versus what could be a, a long career for these uh, these wide receivers with so much upside. I mean, I just try to try to look ahead to next offseason and think about, uh, you know, Pierce's job security. The Texans have a ton of a ton of draft picks uh, that they could, uh, you know, they could add to that backfield. They could draft over. Um, Pierce. I mean, we saw we saw the Jets do that. Just you know, despite Michael Carter's strong rookie season. So, um, regardless of what we've seen this this preseason from Pierce, it's certainly been good. I'm not ready to count on him as a guy who could be a starter for the next three years, and and to take him eighth overall over some of those uh, wide receivers. I'm not ready to do that. Right. The redraft philosophy seems to be dipping its head into the sure. into the uh, dynasty um, dynasty players minds right now. And we're all we're all listening to podcasts. We listen to to shows talking about uh, really the, the the freight train that is Damian Pierce and his fantasy value. Most of that, I believe, guys, like Ryan alluded to there, that's all redraft driven and it should remain on that side. He seems to be like like I would feel way more comfortable towards the end of round one, um, maybe even early round two in super flex drafts investing in him. There was a time not that long ago, guys, that we were getting Damian Pierce at the end of the second round uh, in rookie drafts, especially in super flex drafts. So um, I, I'm a Pierce fan. Was when he was in college or coming through the draft process just seems like it's it's going it's going full steam ahead and, and it's it's more expensive than what i would like to spend at this point uh other news from early this week lavisca chenault matt he got traded seemed like there were multiple teams and in, interested in chenault the slot receiver ends up landing in carolina where there is a path to him becoming a player sooner rather than later what do you think of the landing spot and the fresh start for lavisca yeah, it's a good one, and I, I'm excited about Baker. It was really nice to see him in that last preseason game coming out, and it looks like he has a chip on his shoulder, especially for that week one matchup with the Browns. Uh, and Visca, if he can get up to speed, you know, I, they, they clearly have a hole there behind DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, so he can fit in the slot if that's going to be his natural role. I've always thought he could be more of an outside receiver uh, if they really wanted him to be. And if he does develop into that, DJ Moore can be used all over the field too. So maybe we'll get some fun interaction between those two 
uh, in motion around the field. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I think we, we needed LaVisca to get kind of uh, a, a change of scenery, right? We needed him to get out of Jacksonville uh, even before last year's debacle uh, with that coaching staff. Uh, he wasn't really, really doing it from a, from a fantasy perspective, certainly, and wasn't really impressing anybody uh, from an NFL perspective, I don't think. So this is, a, 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 I think, a, an upgrade in situation mm. for him despite the, the maybe increased target situation. Uh, excuse me, increased target competition. Um, so I'm just excited to see him in a new place and get another chance. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised to hear you say that because I, I certainly and obviously agree with the change of scenery. I mean, this has been a player uh, almost since he got into the league that we wanted to see with a different team. But, um, yeah, more competition for targets in Carolina, uh, a downgrade at quarterback. Uh, I feel pretty confident in saying that, a downgrade – uh, at least I think in, in coaching staff, um, you know, Matt rule has been one of those guys that we were excited about as a young head coach entering the league, but he hasn't shown that he can really develop talent. So, um, I wanted Chenault on, on a new team, but I'm, I'm not sure this is it to, to turn his career around. Yeah, there were rumblings that Green Bay was interested in Chenault, although they, they have plenty of slot receivers already as well. I'm I'm not in love with the landing spot. I do agree with Matt that that the fresh start is what really matters for Chenault. He needs to get an opportunity to get away from that Jacksonville situation because it clearly was not working out for LaVisca. We'll see if he, he can regain any of that value that he had early in his career when he was drafted by the Jaguars. There's only one way to go from where he is right now. He's barely rosterable in 25-man dynasty uh, leagues. Last bit of news we wanted to cover. Jimmy Garoppolo guy signs the new contract. I thought it was kind of humorous that the news was that he got the uh, biggest payday for a, or the biggest contract for a backup quarterback in the NFL. And I, I kind of giggled and thought to myself, I, I think he actually had that before he re, uh, <laughs> restructured that contract. He's now going to be a free agent after the 2022 season, got the no trade clause, uh, cannot get tagged as well so jimmy g is supposed to be the backup to trey lance i see a lot of people though ryan they're they're over exaggerating and and maybe looking too too much into this whole situation and thinking trey lance might be on the hot seat i don't i don't buy it yeah i, I don't quite buy it either i i mean i it, it's pretty easy to connect the dots right and uh i get why people would think that at the same time i'm I'm not worried about Trey Lance. I don't think the 49ers have given us any reasons to be concerned about him or his, uh, his future or his, his role as the starter. I mean, this was really a win-win for the 49ers because they keep that experience back up. He's now clearly the best backup in the league, not even close. This is a team that wants to go out and win a Super Bowl this year and, and they're going to be in position to do that. If, if Trey Lance, uh, you know, if, if there's any kind of issue injury or, or, or if it really all just falls apart, then they do have a great insurance plan in Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and maybe the, the best part for them, they keep him away from, from their NFC West rival in Seattle, because that was, that was the team he was being connected with. If there were, if there was a release or something like that. I would assume that Trey Lance knew all about the, this before it happened sure. and welcomed Jimmy Garoppolo back onto the team and all those kinds of things. They're clearly friends. They, they know each other well. They've, they've worked in opposite roles for a, an entire season now already. And, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo knew that this was happening when they drafted Trey Lance. Yeah. And he has kind of dealt with the situation as it came to him. He seemed very disappointed to be leaving San Francisco, so I assume he's going to be a professional about it. He will be the the best backup in the league, and he will be a a borderline starterable starting quarterback for somebody else in 2023, and that's how I'll continue to look at it. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, this this wouldn't have played out this way if uh, if Garoppolo wasn't okay with it, obviously, and and if he didn't accept that role as a backup. Uh, so he's okay with it. Obviously, the 49ers are great with it. Uh, I don't. I mean, there's not going to be any kind of diva situation. We saw 
you know, you know, Baker Mayfield was clearly going to be out of Cleveland one way or another once they acquired Deshaun Watson. And it, it just wasn't the same type of situation here with Garoppolo. I think it was yep. a win-win for, for both parties. I mean, I know Jimmy's making less money, but he's got this no trade clause that he can, you know, maybe, maybe isn't going to veto, ev- uh, you know, all of the teams, but, you know, I think he has a little bit of more say in the room. It's good for the Niners. They get a high, like you said, the highest paid backup, but you know, I feel still think it's pretty reasonable money for a backup, especially behind a quarterback who they don't maybe don't know what they have yet. Uh, so yeah, just, just stop, stop it with this. This is a threat to Lance. I just, I just don't think it has anything to do with that. I don't think that when they made this deal with Jimmy that they had in their back of their mind that this is going to threaten Trey Lance as a starter unless, you know, he just plays real poorly. We should move on, guys, to our sleeper stash of the week. Ryan, you you drew the the longest straw this week. Who you got for, for a dynasty stash? We, we're really looking for, and I should mention, the sleeper stash of the week. We, we try to find a player outside our top 200 in ADP that we think should have a spot on a roster in every single league. In, in your 25-man league, Ryan, what, who's a guy that you think somebody could go get either by trade or maybe even on the waiver wire right now? Yeah, it was actually tough to narrow it down this week as I studied these guys outside of the top 200 in our current rankings. There are lots of rookies, lots of these late-round rookies. I tried to avoid them. I know we're, we're going to do a rookie mock later uh, in this episode, so I stayed away from the rookies. I also noticed a lot of these veteran tight ends. Uh, so I, I won't dive into those guys too much, but if you've if you've got a weakness at tight end, or you're looking at Cole Komet or Irv Smith maybe as your starter, go out and look at some of those veterans. There's some good ones. I ended up settling on Isaiah McKenzie, uh, 223 overall in our rankings right now. He's the wide receiver 98. Uh, I I, I hope so. I think so. I think it should. Um, <laughs> you know, we've already seen him essentially win the job over um, over Jamison Crowder to be that that slot guy in Buffalo. Obviously that's an offense we want a piece of. Yes. He's going to be behind, uh, behind Stefan Diggs, behind Gabe Davis in target share, uh, likely behind Dawson Knox as well. So the, the fourth option there, but one of the best offenses in the league. And, uh, as, as evidenced here by his, his ranking, his ADP is kind of in line with that as well. Uh, he, he's going to be super cheap. And, uh, if your league hasn't had off-season waivers or if it hasn't had some type of you know, free agent draft or something like that, he may even still be out there on the waiver wire for you to scoop up. And that's your Sleeper Stash of the Week, that, of course, brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest-growing fantasy football platform in the world. Download their app, join a new Dynasty League, or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy – uh, they make everything to manage all of your leagues in one place. That's Sleeper Fantasy. Go get the app. Uh, check out their website, Sleeper Fantasy. Um, let's. Uh, you guys want to play a game? Oh yeah, yeah. Hey guys, let's play a game. Yeah, let's let's play a game. We'll uh, let's set a line. How about that? We're gonna. We're going to have an on-running game throughout the season this year, guys, where each of us will set a line every week, every other week, whenever we feel like playing a game, which is often, actually. Um, set a line on anything, anything really in the world. You can pick anything. It, it probably should be football-related, most likely fantasy or dynasty-related. <laughs> but if we want to get crazy, we might do that. Um, we're going to kick it off this week. We'll probably do it again next week as well. going to try to stick to some season long, uh, over under props that are made up by ourselves. We'll keep track every single time we play the game and see who wins the big prize at the end of the year. So, um, I think I'll kick it off guys. So I have a line that I have come up with and you guys can take over or under. So since 1990, there have been at least four new playoff teams every single year in the NFL. So for 32 straight years, we've had at least four. The average over that time is right hovering right around five. But now, of course, there's seven playoff teams in each conference rather than six. 
Um, I set the line at five and a half. New NFL playoff teams in 2022. Remember the Colts, Broncos, Chargers, Dolphins, Vikings, and Saints all missed the playoffs last year. So, Matt, over or under five and a half, how many new NFL playoff teams will there be in 2022? That's a really good line, Dan, because my first thought was 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 uh, five, but... Man, I could really see it going over that. I'm gonna say, I'm All gonna right. say over. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, I'm already not liking this game because I feel like I need uh, I need a couple <laughs> hours of research time to decide which way I want to go here. Um, yeah, we don't totally. we don't have that. I'm gonna go over as well. I don't know. Do I? Can I take the same as Matt? Do I? Have yeah, to- absolutely. Um, okay. You guys can uh, can each get a win or each get a loss. Uh, I guess that's that. That's how that works. And now now I uh, I guess. I guess if I had to say, I would have said the under. So we're not keeping track of the one that we say. Uh, but Matt, why don't you present yours to the group? Mine's not nearly as fun. Mine is just a take on a player. Uh, we've talked about A.J. Brown a little bit the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm really excited for this new offense he's in. I think he's going to uh, – I think he's that he's going to have the most targets he's ever had in his career. I think he's going to set set career highs in in most major categories. Uh, and with that comes uh, translating that to fantasy points. I have AJ Brown as a top nine wide receiver, so I'll set the line at nine and a half. Sorry, from a points per game standpoint, not from a, a cumulative standpoint. Okay, so the over-under is 9.5 on A.J. Brown's points, fantasy points per game for, for per the game. entire Breaking season amongst wide in receivers. 2022. This is a fun one because we have talked about the Eagles a little bit recently, and uh, especially about A.J. Brown. I think I'm going to take the over, meaning he will not be in the top nine uh, in, in uh, points per game fantasy-wise. Ryan, how about you? Uh, so looking at his finishes over the past three years, he did have a wide receiver six season based on uh, fantasy points per game. Uh, but his other two years, 31 and 28, um, I'm going to go outside of that top nine as well. So uh, I, I never know if that's over or under, but outside of the top nine, lower, lower than that. All right. Matt, I- you're not surprised there. I guess I, I guess I, we're I, both <laughs> taking the over there as well. Uh, we're, we're not really mixing it up all that much. Maybe on Ryan's we can, I got to say, I'm impressed, Ryan. (laughs) You did that awfully fast. We didn't prep those at all. None of us knew each other's, uh, choice for what we were going to do for, for setting the line. And immediately Ryan has all that in his brain. I'm sure you didn't look it up, right? No, of course not. Uh, but I, I, I have been looking up some (laughs) Eagles numbers because I've, I'm, uh, my, my uh, line here is involving the Eagles as well. Um, Jalen Hurts, 400 fantasy points this season. And uh, just for reference, over the past 10 seasons, a quarterback has scored 400 or more fantasy points four times. Peyton Manning, 2013. Patrick Mahomes, that 2018 season. Lamar Jackson, 2019. And Josh Allen, last season, of course, uh, obviously added the 17th game. That's a huge factor in this. Obviously, Josh Allen did it last year. So we've had four quarterbacks hit that 400 fantasy point mark over the past 10 years. Uh, I'm going to set the the line right at 400 for Jalen Hurts this year. Hmm. For the record, is it 399.5 or 400.5? Oh, okay, that's fair. Um, I'll say I'll say 399.5. All right, Matt, what do you got? <laughs> I was hoping you would go first. Uh, man, I am very optimistic about the Eagles offense, but I, I think I'm just gonna play I'm gonna play the probabilities here and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say under, but I do not feel good about it. Um Okay, well I I, I think I wanna shake it up. You guys you guys we went there with the same thing on every single one of them. I'm kind of optimistic about Hertz as well with the new weapons. Uh, one of the best offensive lines in the game as well. Miles Sanders is yep. banged up right now going into the season. And they're going to have that 
mismatch running back core where I'm not 100% sure they're going to commit to that running game like they did late last season unless it's with that with that running game with the quarterback. Hurts taking the ball on those designed runs. So he's going to get a lot of points on the ground himself, and I think there's the upside for a big season. I just want to be a little bit different. So I'll take over 399.5 fantasy points this year. It happens for the fifth time ever. I have a, I have a follow-up question. Does that make him your quarterback one for uh, – not necessarily where you're going to draft him, obviously, but like, do you think he's going to finish as the quarterback one? No, I do not, but I wanted to be different. So <laughs> – <laughs> No, I was. It was. It was. Oh, that was okay. for Ryan. I don't care about you, Dan. I just, Ryan put Brian posed the line. So yeah, no, not he, not necessarily. Um, and and again, this was more of setting the line and kind of seeing what you know, taking your all's temperature on it. But I mean, looking at at some of the numbers that got me here, uh, Hertz scored three hundred and forty-seven fantasy points last year. That was missing two games. So if if we take that points per game average, fantasy points per game average. Uh, I believe that gets us to 396 right around there. So obviously very close. Um, the addition of AJ Brown, the improved offensive line, a lot of the things you guys already mentioned uh, there factor in. Uh, I mean, I, I certainly think he's, he's a, a contender to be the, the quarterback one this year. It would, it would not surprise me, but uh, I, I mean, the depth of the position would push me away from uh, listing him as the favorite for that. That was fun, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll play that game often during the season. I like setting the line. This was the first time, so we'll try to try to uh, sand the edges of the game as we move on through the season. But we're going to track it throughout the year and see who who's best at picking these random lines that come across uh, during the podcast live on the show. Uh, you know, guys, I thought it'd be fun at this point because we're so close to the season to talk about one of the uh, one of the things that we've spent a lot of time this offseason doing, one of the sites we've been visiting often, and I know we've mentioned it, they've been a sponsor of our show for for the entirety, really, of the offseason. It's Underdog Fantasy, their app, uh, and specifically the Best Ball Mania 3 contest that they've been holding all summer long. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of become infatuated with that ADP, guys, and... You know, it's bled into Dynasty, and all my Dynasty takes now have, because I've been a part of so many of these drafts, I think about how 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 underdog drafts are, are valuing these rookies especially. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about some of the sleepers and targets, because I know you guys, you're involved in a lot of these drafts as well. Uh, it feels like every evening right before I go to bed, I want to go check out underdog and see if I can jump in a draft. Before I before I hit the sack, so uh, I thought it'd be fun to talk about this. Best Ball Mania Three is a f- really fun event that's been going on all summer long. And uh, let's be honest, guys, we're we're trying to win two million bucks here, so uh, just twenty five dollars to enter. Enter so uh, so they're easy to play. This this really isn't an ad. It's more of a it's more of just I want to acknowledge that Underdog created something that's really fun, and I've I've started thinking about it when I'm playing Dynasty, if that makes sense. I don't know if you guys are the same way. Yeah, I, I absolutely have. In fact, I have to remind myself now. I don't know if you guys guys work on like your Week 16, Week 17 correlation with players that are on opposite sides of the field or stacking and that kind of stuff. But I have to remind myself now when I'm, when I'm doing a you know a, a regular managed league that you know, that, that isn't playing against, you know, 4 billion other people that maybe I don't need to focus so much and reach so much to get these, these correlations. So absolutely has bled into my thinking. And I think that they're, for the most part, the ADP that, that is on there is pretty sharp. I mean, I think it's gotten a little bit softer over the last couple of weeks that we've seen more kind of the casual players come in, but like, you know, back in like April, May, June, July, especially like those months, like it seemed like they were extremely tough drafts, almost every single one I did. So um, absolutely underdog has contributed to the to the dynasty mindset. so that adp is is just ongoing over there and you know I've, I've been thinking a lot about what what i typically do in the first and second round and how that differs from dynasty especially because uh, a lot of times in that first or second dry round i try to some call it the hero running back approach 
uh, the anchor running back, whatever you want to call it. I try to grab that one running back that I feel like can be in that lineup every single week and then try to fill in later on. Um, So I, I don't know if you guys have been doing the same thing. Ryan, is there a specific plan of attack that you have when you're trying these underdog drafts and and as far as a dynasty owner, do you feel it, it bleeds into how you play dynasty or maybe vice versa? Yeah, I think it I think it goes both ways. You know, certainly a lot of my underdog teams that I've drafted, uh, I look at that final product and I think, whoo, that, that's that's a lot of rookies on that team. <laughs> so uh, it's <laughs> me, too. Yeah, your dynasty starts easy. showing when you're when you're playing underdog sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's easy to fall into that, but I, I think it's gone the other direction as well. It's, it's given me um, some good per- perspective on, on more of those short-term assets. You know, I find myself in, in dynasty leagues valuing, um, valuing guys like Raheem Mostert or Mark Ingram, maybe more than I would have. And um, I mean, of course, those are not long-term guys that we, we value much, but they potentially could help us in the short term. And uh, even if you have a, a contender, they could be useful. Um, yeah, as far as, as far as a plan of attack, similar to you, uh, uh, that, that hero running back, getting one early and, and loading up on wide receivers. Uh, I, I found though that the tight end is really kind of that pivotal spot. You know, do you want to spend early on a tight end? If it's Pitts or Andrews or, or Kelsey, that's going to cost you typically a, a a top three round pick, um, which, which impacts the rest of your draft. Obviously you're going to be weaker at wide receiver or weaker at running back. So, you know, one of my, one of my favorite targets in, uh, in those underdog drafts because of that kind of mentality about the tight end position is Zach Ertz. He's the tight end 10 on underdog ADP right now, 110 overall. And you look at, at Ertz's production profile really over his entire career. And it's, I don't think we realize how good he's been last year. He was a tight end one 59% of the time. Uh, that's pretty close to in line with his career numbers outside of that, uh, you know, that horrible, uh, what 2020 season in Philadelphia where it all kind of fell apart from, for him. But outside of that 2020 year, he's been a top six tight end, uh, the past six years, uh, again outside of 2020 so six of the last seven years a top six tight end you look at the Arizona situation he was a free agent they bring him back in Uh, DeAndre Hopkins will be missing the first six games and I mean that mid-season trade of of Ertz to Arizona he was just immediately a, a top target in that offense and a tight end one for fantasy so thinking about what a full offseason uh, will look like uh, I'm I'm really excited about him as that short-term asset uh, definitely an underdog but in dynasty as well yeah I couldn't agree more I, I've, I got him on so many of those underdog teams and it, it bled into dynasty or at least contract for me I, I have a local contract league I mentioned it earlier we had the draft we also had restrict restricted and unrestricted free agency and uh, man I, I couldn't stay away from Zach Ertz he was a bargain four percent of the the salary and I thought a one or two year deal on him would be good. I ended up getting him for two years and I, I love him as a, as kind of a bridge tight end that can get you to the next level. He can, he can win, uh, win for you in underdog. And I think he can help you out in dynasty as well. How about you, Matt? Do you have a sleeper or somebody that you're, you're getting later in those underdog drafts that you really like for some production this year? Yeah, you, you know me. I can't just do one, Dan. I actually thought of two players immediately, and they have almost the same ADP. So I'm I'm going to say I'm both. always cheating. <laughs> uh, at the, <laughs> I know it's cheating, but I, I want to do it anyway. Uh, you want you could throw out another two, Ryan, if you want. Uh, my first one is Ro- Wandale Robinson, wide receiver, sixty nine, one fifty three point six overall. Uh, this maybe is that dynasty mindset bleeding in, but the way I look at this Giants roster, especially in a best ball format, is that. You know, none of these other receivers uh, for the Giants are are very good, or they are hurt, or they're a knucklehead, or both. You know, we have Kenny Galladay, who has not been impressing so far at camp, and it seems at this point was really just a product of Matthew Stafford uh, and him elevating fantasy players. We have 29-year-old Sterling Shepard, who 
I didn't know he was 29 years old, but Sterling Shepard is 29 years old, uh, coming off of a major injury. And then behind that is Wandale, and then a bunch of guys that we know the names of, like David Sills, uh, you know, just just kind of like also rands from the NFL. So uh, we kind of think of Wandale Robinson as this like gadgety player, especially because of his size. But I think at the end of the year, it's possible that he is has the most fantasy points uh, at that position for the Giants. And I also really like players that can provide multiple streams to or multiple paths to points. And we know the the story with Wandale. He's played running back. He's played receiver. They're going to get him. Uh, touches in, in, in lots of different favorable situations behind Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying he's going to be the backup to Saquon Barkley, but behind Saquon Barkley, we have Matt Breida and we know his health concerns. So, you know, maybe he gets some touches there. Um, so multiple paths to, uh, to points, guys like Christian McCaffrey, guys like Debo Samuel last year, the rushing quarterbacks. Uh, Wandale is obviously different than those guys, but he does provide multiple paths to points. Um, and then my second guy, uh, kind of forgotten, Jamal Williams, mm-hmm. running back 50 uh, uh, ADP 156.3. So the like Waddell was 153.6 and Jamal Williams was 156.3. So um, just uh, DeAndre Swift has missed games in each of the last two seasons. I believe he missed four last season in those games where Jamal Williams played and DeAndre Swift did not. He averaged uh, 18 and a half touches per game. Um, so you're getting volume there way, way deep in the 13th round. And I think he has some standalone value too. He had uh, averaged 10.6 carries in games with Swiss last, last season. Uh, so he's going to, he, he's got some of that standalone value, you know, probably not super high value touches, but might get you a touchdown every now and then in a best ball setting. And then if Swift is, does miss time, you're going to get a lot of touches there all for a 13th round price. So I love are, are your Wandale call on that one. He is, he's so affordable there and he's affordable in dynasty as well. That dynasty rookie draft available at the end of the second round. Holy cow. That's that a guy like that shouldn't be available there. There there's running backs that are that are clear backups going in front of him, and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. We'll see where he goes in our mock draft. But you know, like I said at the beginning, not really an ad, but man, underdog has really changed the way we play a little bit, the way we play dynasty even. And I just wanna wanna hat tip to underdog. Uh Maybe we'll do this again next week, right before the the, the season starts. Just talk about mm. some of our underdog plays, and you know, if we can help somebody win two million bucks, that would be almost as good as us winning it ourselves. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Mm, yeah, one more mock draft because there are dynasty players still having rookie drafts. Ryan, I know you're. You're kind of in the middle of one right now, a, a slow one, right? I had mine this past weekend, so we said it was probably our last one about a month ago, but so many values have changed, and we've talked about a lot of these players going up and down the board. We thought we better do one more rookie mock, and then that'll give us a frame of reference for our uh, rookie breakdowns throughout the season as well. I actually drew the number one pick this this week in this mock, uh, pretty easy, although Brees Hall, maybe maybe not the uh, not the shiny new toy that we all see him as anymore. There's a couple blemishes. You're worried about that offensive line, worried about the quarterback position, and just worried about the Jets in general. Brees didn't have the greatest of, of preseasons, uh, although he didn't get a lot of action. I think he's still locked in as the 101. He should be in every single draft no matter what setting you play for, including Superflex, which this is, I'll take Brees. I'm going to go with a maybe maybe a bit oh of a boy. surprise. I think there is an obvious pick here, but uh, <laughs> oh boy, I heard that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, early in the process, he was my favorite wide receiver to watch. You know, back before the NFL draft, when we were just just finishing the season, and I really started getting into the rookie work, and the drum beat has just been building and building, and I think he would have been a first round receiver if he had played all of last season healthy, and that's George Pickens. I'm going to take him as the first receiver off the board. Hmm. Here with if the you were pick. in the in a in a draft right now, you'd be willing to take him at two, huh? I think I would because I was never. 
I, I was never really a big London fan. I think we had that one play that where you could see him doing that every single week was like a 20 yard reception. And he immediately went out. So unfortunately we didn't get to see more of him in the preseason. Uh, but just because of my pre-draft bias, uh, I think I would take him over. Okay. Uh, Ryan, that puts you on the clock at three. Well, I will take, uh, I'll take Drake London here. Um, excited about his opportunity. Hoping that injury is, is nothing that's going to slow him down early in the season. Uh, you know, he's going to have the chance to slot right in as the wide receiver one in Atlanta or, uh, or, or the second option in that offense, uh, we assume. Yeah, I like that pick right there. I would have taken him second. For the record, I have George Pickens in my top five in in my rankings as well. So he's certainly moved up for almost everybody that's doing rookie rookie drafts right now. That was a good pick. I hadn't seen him quite that high at number two, though. So uh, we'll see how that, that really plays out. I'm going to take a guy that, that I was a little bit slow coming around to and um, always had him right around five or six in my rankings until – really the preseason and it came down to watching you know really watching highlights out of out of training camp and then even in these these games um Saints rookie Chris Olave is is a guy I really liked yep. in college I he was just kind of steady Eddie for me a, a guy that I really think runs routes well knows how to get separations has good hands has the size that you kind of like definitely has the speed and that burst out of his breaks but does everything well and nothing poorly. Um, it seems like his game is translating to the NFL already. He's made a couple splash plays in camp, and I think he belongs at number three in my ranking. So uh, I'm happy to get him here at number four. Yeah, he would have been my other option at two. I just didn't think I was going to be able to get Pickens at five, so wanted to make the jump there. But uh, love that pick. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to stay with – with with the receiver receiver position and i'm gonna take you know a, a guy who i think at the beginning of the process i thought was the, maybe the safest prospect in this draft but maybe the situation uh has been downgraded a, a little bit since then and that's garrett wilson uh just you know i just think he, he does everything well you know say what you want about what you want about the drops um, he's got, he's probably going to play second fiddle to Elijah Moore, at least for this season. But I do think at some point he will emerge as the wide receiver one there. He just needs some quarterback. Interesting pick there. Not, not picking on it at all. Garrett Wilson though, has, has been, seems like to me, the guy that's been falling out of that, out of favor for dynasty managers everywhere in the last seven days on MFL fell to, to number nine and, uh, has, has slid in a couple of the, the real drafts that I've seen as well, even as far as uh, 10, 11, and 12 in in some rookie drafts that are happening right now. So uh, I, I commend you for sticking with, with Garrett Wilson because I know you've liked him, Matt. Um, but if you do have a draft coming up, know that most recently we've seen him slide just a little bit into the second half of that first round um, here recently. Ryan, you're up at the 106. Yeah, and I just want to follow up with that. I, I think that's what's happening with a lot of these receivers. You know, for different reasons, we're seeing uh, we're seeing dynasty managers being unwilling to take them at four or five or six, uh, and that's why we see guys like Damian Pierce kind of taking advantage of of it and and moving up. I mean, Chris Olave is a guy who's moved way up my rankings. Dan, you just drafted him here. And I mean, he's had a fine preseason and, uh, you know, training camp and, but it's not like he's, you know, he hasn't had that George Pickens hype, right? He's just kind of been the one who hasn't been as bad as the others. Uh, I mean, Garrett Wilson has not been good. Uh, Drake London got hurt. Traylon Burks has been, you know, borderline disastrous. Uh, and, and we're all suddenly realizing that Jamison Williams is going to miss a couple months. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's just interesting to see the wide receiver value change greatly here. Uh, with all that said, I'm going to take, I'm just going to kind of stick with the, um, the, the pre-training camp evaluation, the pre-draft evaluation. I'm going to go with Traylon Burks here at six overall. Yeah, that's a good pick. He's, he's another guy that's sliding clearly. Um, if you have a draft coming up, don't be shocked if he's available with the last pick in the first round. I saw it yeah. happen recently. Yep. Um, just, just lots of negative publicity, lots of, 
lots of bad vibes, I guess, with Burks. He's practicing with the with the scrubs before before cuts were made. Uh, played late into into preseason games as well. I'm up to the 107. We got to get this thing moving. I'm going to take the guy that I have at number four in my ranking still. It's Jamison Williams. We forget. Ryan just mentioned it. We forget how good this guy. We forget that he was drafted 11th overall and that the Lions gave up a whole boatload of picks to move all the way up to get him. He is clearly in their plans, and we're going to have to wait till the second half of 2022 to see him on the field. But I believe that the first time we see him on the field, he's going to make a big impression. And if you steal him in your rookie draft, Towards the end of the first round, which is where he's going right now, or even in the second round, guys, I got him at 14 overall in a draft this past weekend, which is insane to me. Uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna win on that bet. Uh, Jamison Williams is gonna have a big, big, big part of that offense, and uh, I like what the Lions are doing. Jamison's gonna make that Lions offense even better. You talked about it. Sorry, Matt. You talked about it earlier in in oh, the no. uh, when we were talking about underdog. The closer we get to the season, the redraft mentality really does start to impact us. And if you have those uh, those late uh, off season rookie drafts, I mean, go back to 2014. We saw Odell Beckham because of that injury fall to the second round of rookie drafts, and uh, obviously, Jameson Williams is Odell Beckham in this in that scenario. It it's gonna happen. We we. <laughs> We have a wide receiver one in Detroit that we are, as dynasty managers, are letting slip to the second round. That's that's crazy. I a hundred percent agree. In fact, I, I I mean, you know, I kind of wanted to take him at five there, but I, I feel like because he's going to miss most of the season, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch. But from a talent perspective, I a hundred percent agree with you. It just Jared Goff's deep ball. I think Jared Goff is a Cooper Cup and a and Amon Ross St. Brown kind of guy. I'm just not sure that he's going to maximize that potential. So we might have to wait for the quarterback upgrade for him to really hit. That's but probably I agree next year. Though. Is that's next going year. Going to hit. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, if they if they finish poorly enough to draft one of these top guys, which I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, maybe I'm just getting hyped up from from Hard Knocks, but uh, it seems like they want to win and and they've got a good roster now. So. Uh, are they going to trade for someone, pick them up someone in free agency? Are they going to trade up to pick up one of these young guys? I think, the, think that I, I just don't know if they're going to necessarily solve it completely uh, next season. Um, this is where I think there's a massive tier break. Right. I, I think we have at, we're at the point in the offseason where we know everything we're going to know about these rookies before we see them on the field in week one. And at this point, there's a, there's a clear break here. I think this is the point where you could consider – uh, that that high riser, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stick with the draft capital and a first round receiver. I'm going to take Jahan Dotson here at 108. All right, Ryan, you're up at the nine. Uh, like this happens every time we do one of these drafts. I realize I need to change my rankings a little bit. I think that might be the case here. Uh, at, at this point, I think I'm going to go with the quarterback. I'm going to take Kenny Pickett. He's oh. been better. He's been better than I thought he was going to be. Uh, I know I know it's just preseason. Uh, we saw today that uh, Mike Tomlin not ready to name a week one starter. That's obviously good news for Kenny Pickett. Dan, you said it a few weeks ago that you thought Pickett had a chance to start in week one. We laughed at you. I'm still not ready to believe it, but there, <laughs> there's a chance. And uh, we'll certainly we'll see him on the field soon. Rookie of the year, Kenny Pickett. It's going to happen. I'll take another Kenny. I'll take Ken Walker, uh, another guy that's fallen because he hasn't been on the field enough. Kenneth yeah. Walker out of Seattle at 110. He's going at 102 in a lot of rookie drafts. So this is this is a big fall for sure, Matt. Who do you got at 111? Yeah, and this you guys pushed him down the board. I didn't think he was going to make it back, but I will just go ahead and take Damian Pierce here. I, I think – uh, you guys tell me if it's crazy. I kind of prefer him to to Walker at this point in the process. Walker's got this hernia hernia thing. You know, if he comes back from that, if uh, and uh, Rashad Penny, you know, gets hurt like 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 usual, then maybe he can make some noise this season. But the team is just so bad from an offensive line perspective, from a quarterback perspective. Um, I think we're going to be waiting on production for Kenneth Walker, and you might get immediate production. You will get immediate production, presumably. Ryan, finish round one. 
I don't know if I can. I'm going. Uh, I'll take Sky Moore here, uh, Chiefs wide receiver. Another guy off to a little bit of a slow start, uh, but I'll I'll stick with him here. All right. So round one is in the books. We only got a few minutes, guys. So let's uh, keep the analysis to a minimum and just fire through these picks. I have the number one pick in round two, and I am going to go with Christian Watson. He's the top top guy on my rankings. I like him right here. I was hoping you would take somebody else to make my life easy, but you didn't. Um, I'm going to take James Cook here and hope that receiving game upside pans out in year one. Uh, This used to be a a homer pick. Now I just think it's a good pick. I'll take Wondell Robinson here, uh, Giants wide receiver one. Yeah, now he, whoa, Uh, he, um, he. (laughs) Is there competition for that? who I else agree. is he? I he's agree. He's going to slide down boards farther than this and be a be a massive bargain. You can get him at the end of round two. I've seen him go in round three. That's that's ridiculous. He was the next guy on my list as well. I'm going to stick with uh, with my board. I still think Brian Robinson's the right guy for this pick, so I'll take him right here. Oof. I'm going to take the guy that I wanted to take at 202, and that's Rashad White. I just think that Fournette. Uh, is not going to be as effective this year. If he gets hurt, he's going to get a massive workload. He's looked impressive in the preseason. Uh, all the Rashad White. Uh, I think this is where the quarterbacks belong, at least the, the next one. I'll take Malik Willis here at 2.06. Uh, pretty good preseason. Uh, even if he doesn't get on the field this season behind Tannehill, uh, I do think he's the future there in Tennessee. Yeah, I'm I'm not sold on Malik Willis. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. He he can't get under center, but that's that's something else for another show. Um, <laughs> I'll go back to wide receiver. I'll take Alec Pierce at the two oh seven. Well, <clears throat> we we've really we really we're no. Really there's in. good. There's, this this is the <laughs> this is the best part of of rookie drafts this year right here. Mid second to mid third. Lot, lots of gems. Okay. All right. I think we. I think a lot of the guys we just took were were in this range earlier True. Uh, in the process. But I'll take Zamir. I'll take yeah. Zamir White here. Uh, you know, presumably a path to a decent workload now with with them not having competence in Jacobs. So Ryan, get your gem here. I was torn between quarterbacks. I took Malik Willis earlier. I'll take Desmond Ritter here. All right. I would have taken Ritter ahead of ahead of Malik Willis personally. I'm next got, up, and I'm going to go back to wide receiver again. I love these guys that are going in the second round. I'll take Romeo Dubs from Green Bay. That that was definitely a snipe. Jeez, <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open tight end. I'm gonna take Trey McBride. I know you said you guys both love Zach Ertz for for this season. I don't know that Trey McBride's not going to have something to say about that in year one. So I'm going to take him here. I will go uh, back to the wide receiver position. Jalen Tolbert. Uh, we got some good news on um, Michael Gallup today. Looks like uh, he's close to returning, but I still like the opportunity for Tolbert in Dallas. Mm, that's a good pick. I like that for sure. Tolbert was the next guy on my list. Let's fire through round three real quick, guys. I'll go back to the running back position here and a guy that that isn't necessarily getting getting a lot of love right now but uh, maybe down the road I'll take Isaiah Spiller. Mhm. I'll go back to wide receiver. I'll select David Bell and wait for that quarterback upgrade. I'll chase running backs as well uh with Ty Davis Price from San Francisco. That puts me on the clock at the 3.04, and I'm going to get another running back as well. Oh, kind of torn between those two. I'll go with Tyler Algier from Atlanta. I wonder if they're the same two I was torn between because that was the one. I think that's the safe pick, but the fun pick is Isaiah Pacheco. Those are the two. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I'm going to grab a tight end here. I'll go with Isaiah Likely from Baltimore. Oh. Had a huge, huge preseason. Uh, I think he actually may end up going higher than this in uh, in these late rookie drafts, especially if they're tight end premium. Darn it, Ryan. You just sniped me. I, th- I thought I could get him. Uh, that's a good pick for sure. I'll go back to 
I'll go back to wide receiver and I'll take Khalil Shakir. Um, jeez. Uh, All right, I'm going to take a quarterback here. I'm going to take Sam Howe, uh, hopefully starting sooner than later. I feel like he's looked better than Carson Wentz. Yeah, it's not saying much. Um, it's not. Uh, I'll take a preseason guy, undrafted rookie running back oh, Jalen really? Warren. He won the uh, won the RB two <laughs> job behind uh, behind uh, Najee Harris, who is evidently banged up. Uh, so I, I'll take uh, I'll take Jalen Warren here. Darn it, you got me again. I will have to go to his teammate the, at wide receiver. I'll take Calvin Austin. Uh, I'm going to take the player who is probably a better, more complete wide receiver than Gabe Davis right now, and that's Khalil He is gone, so you owe me a dollar. Nice. (laughs) Oh, shoot. (laughs) I missed it. Uh, Okay, then. I do owe you a dollar. But let's go. (laughs) Uh, I'll go go back to tight end, too. We haven't seen much of him this preseason, uh, but all reports before that was that the coaching staff liked him. Uh, He'll compete with Albert O. I'll take Greg Dolchus. Last pick of the draft, Ryan. Yeah, this is a this is a biggie. Um, I've got some options here, even though it's this late. I'll go with Jerome Ford, backup running back in Cleveland. Yeah, we had him as our sleeper of the week last week. He made the team okay. along with four other running backs in Cleveland. They're sure to clean that up. Uh, some undrafted names, Tyquan Thornton. You typically see his name in round three. Hassan Haskins is a guy that's right around the end of round three. Danny Gray, uh, Jelani Woods is a tight end. There's a handful of other guys as well, but we're out of time. I want to thank Ryan and Matt. I'm Dan. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.